This is a sex pot comedy production. Before we start this, it's really important to note that Black Friday was last Friday. Yes. The biggest shopping day of the year. Yes. Yes. Just preemptively talking about Black Friday before we jump into this week's book. <laughs> yes. The uh, barren wasteland of consumerism that is Black Friday. <laughs> Where you're like, all right, we got, we, we're leaving our Thanksgiving early to go and get a thing at four o'clock on Thanksgiving Day or wake up at the ass crack of dawn. And I've never been, like, a big Black Friday person. Have you ever gone? No. Like, I don't... And actually, this year, Kevin Kevin went on Thanksgiving night mm-hmm. to Target because we were home really early from Thanksgiving. And he's like, well, they open at 5. I'm mm-hmm. just going to go. And he said it wasn't that bad. But no, I've never been... It's never been a thing for me. No, and actually, like, I don't... I don't like it. I don't want to go to it. And I think it's really shitty. But I think if you're looking, like, if you're looking at the other end of like the socioeconomic spectrum of people who are like, I need to get as many gifts as I can for my family at the lowest price, then yeah, go for it. And it seems to me, and I could be wrong, but it seems like the face of Black Friday is totally changing though too. With It seems like Cyber Monday is becoming the bigger deal now. And God, every other countries must hate us. Other other countries probably do hate America us. America, what's wrong with us? Mm, the consumerism drives me crazy, but I also don't. I also loud and clear hear the people who are like, "I need to get gifts for my fucking family, and this is the way I can do it." No, on a it's true, budget. and I think like it's uh, it's an easy thing to forget this time of year, um, because mm-hmm. I even feel it that stress of like, "Oh, I got to get all these things for all of these people." It's easy to forget that there are some people who, for them, it really is an immense hardship. And then especially, though, if you have children, yeah, I can't even imagine. I cannot imagine trying to provide Christmas for my children. Mm-hmm. Like, I can barely provide Christmas for my <laughs> husband. Uh, on Black Friday, I just want you to be aware that I purchased uh, clothing for myself at a discount. <laughs> because it's like, I always wear, like, one brand of jeans, and all of my jeans are ripped. And I was like, but they're all 40% off, so I can buy a lot of pants. Exactly. Um, I followed with great intensity the Cards Against Humanity 99% off sale, oh, God, which was it. one of the best things I've ever seen happen um, that was amazing. online. And I got this close to buying a pirate ship bouncy castle <gasps> for, like, $18. That was amazing. I wanted to glow wrestle in that thing so bad. And it got added to my cart, and then it disappeared. It was very tragic. When are we going to do our fucking Liberty Bell and exactly. cosplay? Well, that's what I thought. I was like, if I get this bouncy castle, that's we, step one to training. Mm-hmm. We could do our Liberty Bell slash Zoya cosplay. It would be amazing. <laughs> Lauren and I always come up with really good Halloween costumes and cosplay ideas. And then never no. dress up. Like for Halloween this year, oh. we were going to be Janet and Bad Janet from Good Place. But then not at the same party, but there's a bad Janet and a good and Janet. And a good Janet. There. I mean, how funny was that? But did you go to a party? No. I also did not go to a party. I sat on my couch and ate candy. So did I. Because, like, two kids came to our door, so I ate all their candy. Yep, sorry, kids. Uh, um, but I told Jess she would have to be bad Janet, because she'd have to wear the leather pants. <laughs> but I kind of want to be good Janet and have the pantsuit. <laughs> pantsuits are great. Uh, in other news, I, we really like the good place on this podcast. Yes, by the way, if you want <laughs> If you're, hey, are you sick of holiday cheer? 
Watch something that has nothing to do with the holidays. Ding! Go a good place. Ding! Um, but we're actually getting into podcast holiday cheer and doing the first of our two Christmas episodes. Yes, we are doing, because last year when we started the the good place. Yes, uh, Lauren and I. We started the good place. It, um, people think it was Mike Sure, but it's Lauren Ballman and Jessica Austin. It's true. Last year when we started this podcast, we did it. Right in the nick of time before the year switched, like, so we like missed the holidays. Did we like literally do it on New Year's Day or New Year's Eve? Yes, I think we released it on the thirty first. We I'm were like pretty sure, right under the wire, because uh, that's how we like to do things mm-hmm. under the gun. As, as, as per- you love it, mm-hmm. uh, and we're procrastinators, like a lot of people are when they holiday shop, and the couple in the story are no different. Uh, our, our, our book this week is The Gift of the Magi by O. Henry. And if you didn't read it, I don't know what to tell you because it takes about 10 minutes it's of your time. It's six pages long. We told you to read it at the end Pause of the podcast. Pause it right now. Go Google it. If A you free have to poop. PDF will pop up. Go read it while you poop. There you go. There you go. We'll wait. We'll wait. Pooping. <laughs> Pooping. <laughs> Great. And flush. And you're done. We're back. Hey, how'd you like that short story? Did it make you sad? Because it kind of bummed me out. I don't like it. I did not care for it. So, uh, Gift of the Magi is a Christmas story <laughs> that was written in 1905. 1905 by O. Henry. Which is the pen name for William Sidney Porter. Now, he was born William Sidney Porter. William, spelled like a normal person. Sidney, S-I-D-N-E-Y. Porter, spelled like a normal thing. But then uh, later, when he got a little bit older, he changed the spelling of his name to Sydney with a Y. S-Y-D. You're like... You rebel. You rebel. You're and, just trying to be cool. And then just cool. picked O. Henry for some reason. For some reason. What did come first? O. Henry, his name, or the or the chocolate bar? I think it was the chocolate bar. Ah. Hey, I forgot to say something in our last episode about chocolate and uh, Roald Dahl. Oh, right. When they're getting all that like candy sent to his boarding school, uh-huh. he was like, in the 1930s are when all the good chocolate bars came into invention. Oh. He was like, the flake bar, the uh, Mars bar, all the best chocolate bars were invented in the 1930s, and since then there have been no good chocolate bars. Hmm. Thanks. Thanks, Rold. Thanks, Rold. 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 Uh, but, uh, yeah, O. Henry is also the name of a candy. O-H-H-E-N-R-Y. Exclamation point. Exclamation I think there's a comma point. in there, too. O, comma, Henry. Oh, exclamation point. Works on contingency? No. <laughs> Money down. I love it. There's a. This is the best punctuated candy bar name in the history of anything. <laughs> o, comma, Henry, exclamation point. Oh, Henry. Oh, oh Henry. But I would say that this is, uh, other than the Ransom of Red Chief, which I didn't realize he wrote until I was looking at Wikipedia. Oh, yeah. Um, this is probably the best known O. Henry story. And it's been, like, riffed on in a bajillion Christmas specials, which we'll list shortly. Um, but, <laughs> oh, man, guys, it's a bummer. Yeah, and it's, uh, there's, like I said, I... I'm not well caught up on my Bible, but apparently it's biblical reference as well. Uh, the only reason I know that is because uh, sketch comedy. Um, <laughs> the the Magi were the three dudes who brought like the gold, frankincense, and myrrh, I think, mm. right? I don't know, Bible. Sounds right. Yeah. The three wise men, the three Magi. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't it sound like mage, like they should have been like famous wizards? Yes. Oh. <gasps> What if they were wizards? And the baby was Harry Potter. (gasps) Oh, we just cracked the code. We just did. Jesus is Harry Potter. Done and done. 
And good night, everybody. Did Merry just, Christmas. Did you just hear the sound of a lot of angry tweeting coming our way? <laughs> we didn't even know so many people listen to our podcast, but they are all mad at us. Dear pagan bitches, <laughs> Jesus is not Harry Potter. <laughs> Whatever. Um, the, the summary of The Gift of the Magi is short because the story is super short. Right. You want to tackle it? You may as well just read the whole book out loud because it's basically the same thing. Uh, a short story written by O. Henry about a young husband and wife and how they deal with the challenge of buying secret Christmas gifts for each other with very little money. As a sentimental story with a moral lesson about gift giving, it has been popular for adaptation, especially for pre- presentation at Christmas time. The plot and its twist ending are well known, and the ending is generally considered an example of comic irony, like you said. Mm-hmm. Not dramatic irony. I, I disagree. Um, one little tidbit I thought was interesting. It was allegedly written at Pete's Tavern on Irving Place in New York City. That is a very famous tavern that I went to several times you when did? I lived there. Yeah. When we were there visiting, uh, Jeff and I were walking around, and he's like, hey, that's Pete's Tavern. That's where a lot of famous people wrote. Do mm-hmm. you want to go in there and write something? And I was like, nah. Aw, so come walking. on. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the summary. Uh, and... It's so depressing because we meet Della, this young woman. What is she, like 22 years old? And she's counting out all the money she's saved. Like she's been squirreling away money from her husband, from like the grocery bill, like a penny at a time. And she's got a dollar eighty-seven. Um, and she's like lamenting. She's like, what do I do with a dollar eighty-seven? She and her husband are like this young couple, newly married. They live in a furnished room that rents for $8 a month. <laughs> And, like, O. Henry is very specific about the living conditions of yes. people who rent furnished rooms for $8 a month. Yes. They do not have good mirrors. <laughs> and that's mainly the thing. Maybe He's like, if she had a good mirror, she would have looked at her beautiful hair more and wouldn't have chopped it all off. Oh, yeah, because she's got beautiful hair. Like, her one thing is she's got, like, this gorgeous... It's her claim to fame. It's her claim to fame. She thinks she's so pretty. And it was like if she had been in the presence of the queen, she would have washed her hair to show her, that, like... And I'm sorry, it was down to her knees? Yeah, it looked like a dress, O. Henry said. Yes! Because she pulls her hair down, it's like... <laughs> There's this whole moment where she's... Ta- yeah, she takes it out because it's in some sort of bun on her head. And yeah, <laughs> it unfurls like a giant dress. It's like the world's first magic quick change. <laughs> Updo, <And> ball gown. <laughs> uh, and she's like, what do I do? How do I get my husband a good gift? I want to get him something that tells him how much I love him. And she's like, I got an idea. I'll chop off all my hair and sell it. Ah, that's because that's what you do. So she goes and she sells her beautiful, beautiful hair, and then she goes shopping. She gets a whole twenty dollars. Twenty dollars for her hair. I didn't check to see how much twenty dollars was worth in those days. It must be quite a lot because it was enough to then go buy a gift. A gift. So she gets her husband Jim or Mister James (laughs) Dillingham Young. I love his full name. I like that Della's just Della. Just Della, and he has this very fancy full name. Uh, Mr. James Dillingham Young. Um, so, yeah, he's got this his father's pocket watch, which was like this beautiful gold heirloom passed down from his father and grandfather. And, like, it's his family treasure. And she's like, I'm going to get him a platinum band for that. Or yeah, platinum, the chain. Band, chain. It's, it's platinum, right? Like, it's really... Mm-hmm. And so she spends $21 on it. She gets to take her 87 cents home. Gets to keep her, take her 87 cents That's home. That's a whole lot of penny candy. It's a whole, it's 87 pieces of penny candy. <laughs> she should have bought him 187 what? pieces of fucking penny Who candy. I wouldn't love that? It would be delicious. But. If, if I got a bag full of penny candy for Christmas, I'd be set. Whoa, boom. It's 187 pieces of candy. <laughs> Um, so, and while she's waiting for him to come home, she's like checking out her hair in the mirror and she's like, I look boyish. I hope he still loves me. I hope I'm still pretty with all my hair gold. Uh, and then Jim comes in and he's just dragging ass later than usual and he's never late, just looking sad as fuck. Yeah. Um, 
And he's like, oh no. And he's like, Merry Christmas, darling. And he hands her a gift and... Hey, your hair is short now, so this present's gonna be kind of... Well, here you go. There you go, and it's these jeweled hair combs. Yeah, it's like a comb set, because that was a big deal. Is it a comb set, or is it... I think it were the clips to put in her oh, hair. Oh, they're not the ones you use to brush it? I thought it was a comb to clip in her hair as an ornament. Oh, I thought it was, like, both. I thought it was... Like the old timey things that like came with like a mirror and a brush, and then you had like the little combs that you. I don't even know. I watched a sketch um, version of it that was not very funny tonight, and I stopped halfway through. And they did have a comb and a brush. Okay. And I was like, "Is that what they're talking about?" Well, they- either way, she'd been eyeing them from ages in yep. the storefront window, and they were jeweled and beautiful, and she'd been admiring them. No, she couldn't ex- ex- uh, afford them. So Jim goes and gets her the combs that she wanted. And she's so happy, and she's like, oh, well, I, the reason I cut my hair is because I got you this present. And she hands him the fucking platinum watch chain. <sighs> and he's like, so here's the thing. Um, I sold that priceless watch to pay for your combs. So we each have... <laughs> so our gifts are both useless. Useless gifts. Oh, my <laughs> fucking God. It's like but you, the most priceless gift was their love for I each other. Disagree. <laughs> <laughs> worst I, Christmas ever. It's the worst Christmas ever. This whole problem could have been solved if they talked about it. If they just communicated. Hey, what's our budget this year? Yeah, right? Is it $1.87 or is it $21? <laughs> Those are very different budgets. <laughs> because maybe if they'd gotten on the same page from the get, they mm-hmm. wouldn't have had this problem. And this is why couples should always communicate. Uh, or share Amazon wish lists. Right. This is this. I don't know why this makes me so sad. Like it the, bums me out. Like, the thing that your partner loves the most, you got them an accessory for, and they sacrificed it for you? It's like double... And and then the one heirloom in in your family from your father, who I would like to imagine died tragically, because that just adds more to the story. Um, Um, Might I just posit that he died of tuberculosis? Uh, I'll explain why when we get to O. Henry's life, but I feel like Dad Dillingham Young died of tuberculosis. Okay. Um, Yeah. The one thing you own that's of any value, not just monetarily, but sentimental, sentimental is now gone. And that's the word. Maybe they go the next morning to the pawn shop and take back the combs and get the watch back. That's do, what I would do. Do a little white elephant switcheroo? Yeah. That's what I would do, too. Because I'd be like, honey, I can get combs when I've got hair again. Let's go get your priceless watch back. That your father gave you and is the only thing you have. And now this chain means nothing without it. Right, this expensive-ass $21 chain. Yeah. Well, and she even was like, oh, you know, he takes his watch out and he looks at it when no one's looking because he's got such a night watch but no chain. She's like, now that I've got him a chain, he can bring out Show it off. Show off his awesome watch. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, back in the days of pocket watches. Ah, back in the day. Those are classy, though. I know, they are. A really nice classy pocket watch. I can see why she wanted to do this for him. Right, it would be really nice. I'm so mad at both of them right now. So mad at both of them for not communicating. Yeah. It's the saddest. It's just the saddest. I hope they learned a valuable lesson. Don't buy gifts. No. No. Or just buy a shitload of penny candy. Or gift cards. A dollar eighty seven gift card to Pocket Watch Emporium. (laughs) And he could have picked out any anything he wanted or saved up. The gift card of the magic. <laughs> the gift card of the Magi. This is what he invented for 2018. We gotta make a sketch. Oh, hell yes. Oh, it's funny. <laughs> oh, God. Stay tuned for the inevitable web series to follow. The gift card of the Magi. Starring Lauren and Jessica. Oh, God. So, this is just... 
it's just the saddest fucking thing. Yeah. Oh, wait, so what about tuberculosis? What Speaking about of the saddest things. Well, as, uh, as it took me 14 seconds to read this story again, I went down a big ol' O. Henry rabbit hole because he was interesting. Um, so our, our boy, our boy William Sidney Porter, not to be confused with William Sidney, or William, or Sidney, or Sidney Pot- Poitier. Not Sidney Poitier, not him, not at all. O. Henry, old-timey white guy. Um, so my research on him, he was born in September of 1862 in Greensboro, North Carolina, and he changed the spelling of his middle name to Sidney with a Y in 1898. I love it. His dad was Dr. Algernon Sidney Porter, oh. and mom was Mary Jane Virginia Swain Porter. Every single person in his life has an amazing name. Like, awesome. all of them. Um when he was three, his mom died after having his third child, and it's really, really sad. Mm-hmm. But as a kid, he was always reading um, classics and dime novels. He graduated from his Aunt Evelina Maria Porter's Elementary School in 1876. Wow. Uh, Another great name. And that he became a pharmacist at age 19. He was licensed as a pharmacist. So he was working like his uncle's pharmacy. And I love this. At the drugstore, he also showed natural artistic talents by sketching the townsfolk. <laughs> Hold on, I'll get you your barbitol, and also here's a caricature. <laughs> Sorry, I made your ears stick out, but that's how they look. I drew you holding an ice cream cone. Here's you on inline skates. <laughs> uh, so he, he moved to he moved to Texas as a young man because um, he he was hoping that a change of air would help alleviate a persistent cough he had developed. Oh no. It's, it's not the TB, believe it or not. Okay. That's why everybody was like... Why did everyone think it was just the air all the time? Well, got to go to the, get that fresh Texan air. <laughs> um, so he was hanging out in Texas for a good long while. Um, works as a drugstore, drugstore works as a pharmacist. Um, as a young bachelor, Porter led an active social life in Austin. Ooh. He was well known for his wit, storytelling, and musical talents. He played both the guitar and the mandolin. He sang in the choir and became a member of the Hill City Quartet, a group of young men who sang at gatherings and serenaded young women of the town. Oh, my goodness. What's with these Renaissance men authors? I feel like Roald Dahl was similar, where there's, they've got, like, they've done, like, 8,000 things before they start writing. Yeah, and by the age of, like, 23, he's like, <laughs> I've seen it. Um, so he met and began courting Athol Estes, 17 years old and Athol? from a wealthy... Athol? A-T-H-O-L. All right. Like you're calling her an asshole, but you have a lift. You asshole. You're an asshole. (laughs) Asshole Estes, 17 years old, uh, from Texas. And she's the one who had the TB. Oh, nuts. Our girl Athol. Sorry, Athol. Sorry, Athol. Athol's mama was like, I don't want you seeing that porter boy because you've got the TB and you're going to die before you get You stay away from that porter boy. And the porter boy's like, but I'm not sick. I'm just bringing joy. But um, they eloped. So he and Athol... Ran off and married in the parlor of the home of Reverend R.K. Smoot. <laughs> this isn't real anymore. No, no. This is these names are made up. And then after they got married, the couple continued to participate in musical and theater groups. Ah, and Athol and <laughs> encouraged her husband to pursue. Oh, she got through the TV. She didn't die yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Athol gave birth to a son in 1888 who did die. Ew. And then a daughter who did not die. Yay! Yet. Um, uh. Uh, so, uh, 
he was buddies with like a te the Texas Land Commissioner, and they gave him a job and whatever. He's doing a good job of it. And then his buddy like lost his political position, and so they're like, "Well, you can't be a land commissioner or anymore, dude. Um, but we can make you a bank teller." But I want to point out that a flaky writer's brain is not the best to be a bank teller. No. Because Porter was apparently careless in keeping his books and may have embezzled funds. All right. Um, so in 1894, he was accused of embezzlement and lost his job. Was it all in pennies? Uh, 187 <laughs> pennies. They're like, God, we are missing 187 cents. That is so strange. Um, so... He was like, uh, I gotta get a job. So he started writing at the Rolling Stone. What? Right, right. In what year? Uh, he, he, was, he wrote his own humorous weekly called The Rolling Stone. It was okay. a satire. Uh, top circulation of 1,500 people. Hey. Um, so while he was in Houston um, and his family moved there, he, the federal auditors audited the First National Bank of Austin and found the embezzlement shortages that led to his firing, and he was arrested on charges of embezzlement. Oh, dear. But his father-in-law bails him out of jail. Nice. So good job. He apparently got over the elopement. Um, <laughs> but uh, the day before he was due to stand trial, he got an idea because he was changing uh -oh. trains to get to, on the train to the courthouse, and he was like, wait a second. Oh, no. So he goes to New Orleans... And then Honduras. Uh, because so he just full-blown skipped town? Yeah, he just bounced. Skipped everything? Yep. He's like, oh, shit, I'm charged with embezzlement. Got to go to NOLA and then head to Honduras. Okay, bye. Because the U.S. had no extradition treaty with Honduras at the time. So he planned it. He was pretty smart. Um, so he lived in Honduras for six months. And oh, then, Henry. Oh, Henry. <laughs> Sorry. And then he became friends with Al Jennings, a notorious train robber. Um, he holed up in a Trujillo hotel um, where he wrote Cabbages and Kings in which, and I think this is so cool, he coined the term Banana Republic. Oh. That's an O. Henry thing. Um, Interesting. Yes. So to describe a small, unstable tropical nation in Latin America mm -hmm. with a narrowly focused agrarian economy, says Wikipedia, is sort of what that means mm. now, which I think is crazy. Uh, but so while he's ab ab abroad, living abroad in a Banana Republic, uh, his wife became ill. And so she couldn't come to him, and he returned. When he found out his wife was dying, he went home to Austin. Well, that's nice. Yes, and then she died of tuberculosis in 1897. Boo. Boo. Um, he didn't really say much in his own defense, and he was sentenced to five years in prison for embezzling $854.08. Wow, that's a lot back then. Yeah. I wish we did the conversion so we knew what $1.57 and, or $1.87 and 8 $54.08 was. Um, it's probably like three million dollars. It's three million dollars. <laughs> but he, um, he's a pharmacist, and so he shows up at jail, and they're like, "Do you just want to come work at our pharmacy here?" Oh, so sweet. He doesn't ever live in the cell block. He's nice. just living the sweet pharmacist life, being a pharmacist. <laughs> uh, and but why he was there, he had fourteen story stories published under pseudonyms. Um, ah. And, oh, Henry was the pseudonym that first appeared over the story. Whistling Dick's Christmas Stocking. Whew, that's a good one. I can't believe we didn't do this episode about Whistling Dick's Christmas Stocking. Start it over. Start it over. Redo. Whistling Dick's Christmas Stocking. <laughs> a story by O. Henry. Dick and Stocking in no, the same sentence. I just am not. You know that's all Whistling Dick's wearing at some point in the <clears throat> story. <laughs> Mommy, why is that man walking around town with a stocking? Well, he's just married, Juliet. He's just married. <laughs> 
<laughs> just Mary. But anyway, a friend of his in New Orleans would forward the stories to the publishers so they didn't know that he was imprisoned. Um, oh. He only served for three years, and then he reunited with his daughter, um, who was never told that her dad was in prison. Um, and I just like, oh, so his daughter Margaret eventually also died of tuberculosis. Right. Boo. That's too much TB. That is too much TB. Um, but he was known for his surprise endings. And um, Wikipedia says, Oh, Henry's stories frequently have surprise endings. In his day, he was called the American answer to Guy de Maupassant. <laughs> Obviously. I mean, that was my first thought. Right. I mean, of course. If only there was an American version of Guy de Maupassant. I don't know why they keep... Are they really saying that this was a surprise ending? I kind of saw it coming. Did you? Well, once... I, I, once the... Once there was the irony of her cutting her hair and getting combs, I was like, uh-oh. uh-oh. I bet he sold that watch to get the combs. I don't know when I saw it coming, because I don't remember when I read this. Yeah. I feel like it was in elementary school in an anthology... And it was I never assigned. was exposed to this in school. Did you just read this for the first time now? Yep. What? Mm-hmm. Did you know the plot before now? No. <gasps> so I made you read a story you had no idea about? Yeah. That's really fun. I know. You're Ta-da. welcome. It's a bummer. It's a bummer story. I know, but I couldn't believe it. I've never, I had never read it or heard it or anything. Mm. It. Did you, did, did you know like the theme, like the selling the thing you love best to get your loved one the thing they love best? Not really. Oh, shit. Girl, then you have to rewatch Emmett That's why on I loved, Junk Band Christmas. That's I love the the Onion article you'd said. That was funny. We gotta tweet that too. Um, because oh. Emmett Otter Jug Band Christmas is the gift of the Magi. Like he gets his mama the thing for her wash tub or whatever. I've seen the um, outtakes of that and it's hysterical. I remember all right. Selling that old piano was one of the saddest things I ever had to do. Seems like we've sold just about everything last couple of years. About all I got left is a sense of humor to wash tub. Well, at least there ain't no hole in the wash tub. Should we tweet do, that too? Do yourself a favor. Do yourself yes. a favor and watch both Emma and Otter's Drug Band Christmas and the fucking outtakes. Leading up to the holidays, I think we should just start tweeting out random holiday things that I, we find amusing or fun. A hundred percent agree. A hundred percent. When we're not also, you've probably already seen at this point, um, some of our Harry Potter calendar. <laughs> we're really excited. Um, yeah. Uh, I love building up to the holidays. I feel like this is not a nice opportunity to just talk about holiday stuff. Yeah. Well, and I think it's important, I do think it's important to slow down for a minute and actually think about the time we're in. Because I know for me, I feel like every year this happens where November hits and it's right before Thanksgiving and then before I know it, it's Christmas. And I feel like that whole month just passes me by and... I'd like to try to not do that this year. Yeah, I don't know why the holidays always get so busy. I don't either. Like, and I'm terrible at shopping. Consumerism. That's why. Right. I, I am would... too. I haven't bought it. And every year I say, I'm going to get my shopping done early. And then before I know it, I'm running out at midnight with $1.87 in pennies. And you're like, I just have to get him a hundred. And I'm like, Kevin, I'm sorry. Just take these pennies. <laughs> you know, that's not enough to even like get a Snickers bar at the Oh, that's station. nothing now. Can you imagine? You'd get kicked out. Yeah, they'd be like, no. 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 No gift of the Magi for you. No. I don't know why my local, like, store has some sort of cockney pirate working at it. Um, Nick Jagger. Anyway, yeah. Um, so 
the, I want to just kind of go a little bit about a pseudonym because that's not even close. Right. There's all these stories that don't match. Um, so in the New York Times, in, in 1909, he gave an interview to the New York Times, um, which basically has said he was in New Orleans and his friend was like, just uh, pick up a newspaper and pick a name from the list of notables in it. So he picked Henry and then the guy's like, great, you need a simple first name. And he was like, why don't I just go with an initial? And he's like, O is the easiest letter to write. So I'm O Henry. But then another person, in the introduction to the world of O. Henry, um, William Trevor writes that there was a prison guard named Oren Henry at the place where he did time. Mm. And he immortalized him as O. Henry. And according to J.F. Clark, it's from the name of the French pharmacist Etienne Ossain Henry, whose name is in the U.S. dispensary, which Porter used working in a prison pharmacy. And one more... <laughs> Um, said the pseudonym that he began to write under in prison is constructed from the first two letters of Ohio and the second and last two of penitentiary, which seems like a bit of a stretch. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's complicated. You're like, I don't think I any don't see how he gets from um, just pick O because it's the easiest to write to that. <laughs> to like, I'm going to take the first two letters of Ohio and then select. Like, you're like, mm. yeah, that sounds complicated. Yeah, that sounds made up. I, I like, like pen names so fascinating. Right? Yeah. I mean, I guess like in old timey times, like you, you wouldn't know who the author was. Like, when. You had no, you, you had no internet. Like Jane Austen published under like a lady, written well, by a lady or something. That's the thing, um, is I. Ooh. <coughs> Bless you. Thank you. Oh dear. Yeah, because most times I feel like pen names come more from women. It's it's rare to see, unless it's like a someone who's branching out and writing completely differently. Stephen King. Yeah, like Stephen King. Yeah. Right. But I feel like most people who have pen names are women. But if he was in jail, then that makes That's sense. That doesn't make sense. He doesn't <laughs> want to figure out that he was in jail. If he was in Ohio <laughs> Penitentiary, let's mush it together and make a name. Oh, you're like, that doesn't work at all. Yeah. Um, it's, so it's kind of hard to pick favorite and least favorite characters in this because there's two of them. I want to slap... Both I mean, them. I wanted, I I actually want like a spinoff of the scene when he like went to sell his watch at the pawn shop. I want to know what the pawn shop character was like. Do you think the pawn shop character would sell it back to him? Is that how pawn shops, that's how pawn shops are supposed yeah, to work. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Take the combs. Take and the combs. go barter and get your Fucking freaking get... watch back. Like that's that what I would do. Value. Her hair will grow back. Exactly. But you can get another comb. You can get another set of combs. You cannot get your dead father's pocket watch back. Look, Della, if you love him at all, go get his watch back. Yeah, go go get his watch that's back. That's the Della. gift. That is the gift of the Magi. Because everyone's like, the end is heartwarming. It's the most important no, thing. No, who says that? Bad people. They're bad dumb. people up in the bad place. We don't like them. I mean, there I guess there is like, you know, there's there's kind of a sweetness to the You've sacrificed something that's so important to you so that you can get something for someone you love. Like, okay, sweet, whatever. But ultimately, no, they're dumb. <laughs> I think they're dumb. I, I, I really and they don't clearly find... don't know each other at all. No, it's not heartwarming. Uh -uh. It's, I... They shouldn't have gotten married in the first place. I'm calling it now. Get a divorce. They're going to get a divorce. Or yeah. one of them's going to die of tuberculosis. That's true. TB would save you in those days. Mm -hmm. Yep. This marriage sucks. Oh, you're coughing an awful lot. 
few months from now, this won't be a problem. <laughs> Bye. I'm going to go to Honduras for a couple months. <laughs> See ya. Come home and get a new wife. Peace. Um, yeah, like, as far as favorite parts go, I like I like when she's looking in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And that, like, her mirror, they describe it as, like, a really thin mirror. And she basically has to, like, be in motion to catch her full view. Oh, because she's the mirror, like, the mirrors in here, they're so poor. Because they're $8 furnished room mirrors, oh and that's gosh. a piece of shit. Um, but yeah, I just take so much issue with her making that choice and with him making that choice. And I'm just so sad about it. Yeah, it's a real drag. Um, because it could have been avoided. If they had just communicated. Just a little bit. Just the key to marriage. I was trying to find the sentence, but I can't. Oh, that's what it was. As after she's cut her hair. If Jim doesn't kill me, she said to herself, before he takes a second look at me, he'll say I look like a Coney Island chorus girl. <laughs> what the hell does a Coney Island chorus girl I don't know, but that like? image. <laughs> Coney Island chorus girl. <laughs> well, I love the two that these, oh, Henry sets a lot of his stuff around um, New York, and he had a nickname for it. He called it... Baghdad on the subway. Oh my goodness. Which I think it was I think that was a compliment. But oh. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. What were you getting at there, oh Henry? I don't know. Um there's so many things in this book that are just slappable. Mm-hmm. Like just Della in general, like throwing yourself in the bed and wailing. You're like, bitch, calm down. Girl, chill. Chill out. Well, and I think this is also an example of that consumerism as I have to get you a thing. Yes. This is something that we all do to ourselves, and we it. all need to just stop it. Just stop it. Just stop it. Mm-mm. Like, you don't have things. You don't have to get things. No, it's about being with the person. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. And Some of you... the best gifts are ones that cost barely anything. Right. Homemade snacks. Yeah. Mostly snacks. Yeah, mostly snacks. Mostly snacks. Um, why did we have to read this? Is it because comedic irony? <laughs> You've never had to read it. It's a cautionary tale. Um, no, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess it's to teach uh, teach us comedic irony. I guess, like, <laughs> I, I it's a good it's a good example of it when you're teaching irony. <laughs> I still but don't understand why they're calling it comedic irony. I don't either. Unless it ended with a da 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 da. I mean, you could make this into a funny sketch. It would for sure. Uh, you could make it into a funny sketch, which uh, the people at what CTV or something did not. Not SCTV. Please do not get that confused. Oh, okay, I was gonna say uh, if no, Heather O'Hara was involved, it there would was be a, great. Uh, do you watch Schitt's Creek? Yeah. God. I need to catch up. I actually, I, I need to get back into it. I'm just on the beginning of season two, so I'm really ah, far behind. Okay. No, that's uh, kind of where I'm at too. God, I would love. I would love to if Schitt's Creek did an episode that was based on Gift of the Magi with all those terrible people getting gifts for their loved oh ones. Oh, my God. That Catherine O'Hara is a worldwide treasure. She is. She just got some sort of big honor in Canada, and yep. I'm really happy for her. Deserves it. Well deserved. And I love that they quoted Home Alone and Beetlejuice as their stand-up <laughs> movies. And you're like, okay. Now I'm just envisioning this as like some really absurd sketch with Catherine O'Hara as Della, and it's making my life. And of course it's Eugene Levy. Of so course. We're yeah. good. This, we're good. Good, good, good. Great, and they're far too old. It's already really funny. Uh, Micah's question for you is best gift and worst gift, or least like least thoughtful. That um, I've received? Uh, yeah, that you've received. Like something that was the most <laughs> thoughtful and something least thoughtful. And you can edit yourself if, if you don't want to say anything about current people you know. No, I could already tell you what the worst gift oh, was. Oh, shit, yes. Um, I had this this 
boyfriend in college that it didn't last very long and we were so not right for each other. And at Christmas, um, we'd only been together probably like a few months, but I still, you know, I wanted to get him something really nice. Mm -hmm. And so I remember, I think I got him a tie for work and he, um, that was when Blu-rays were like the new thing and I got him a Blu-ray of something. I don't remember what. Was it Ocean's Eleven? Maybe. Yes. Um, And he got me... He wrapped up a pair of socks that were his that I used to wear a lot when I would go to his house. So that's kind of cute, I okay, guess. Yeah. But but still, they're they're used, used socks. socks. And he gave me an Incubus CD, but he did not buy me the CD. Oh no. He gave me the case with a burned copy of the CD in it. Oh no. And that was that told me a lot. Like, so that was the worst situation. What is like the best, most thoughtful gift you've ever oh, had? That's a hard question. I've gotten, I have to say that Kevin is a very good gift buyer and he's very thoughtful. So um, a recent one though, my mom last year at Christmas, um, because my grandmother passed away last year and she made uh, all of, I have uh, four cousins and she made all five of my grandmother's grandchildren uh, blankets. And she uh, used, um, like, parts of, like, sheets that she had and, like, some cloth from around her house and, like, from various things and stuff. And she made us all these blankets. And so stuff like that is really, that's something that, you know, I'll keep forever. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah. That's a recent one. Yeah. Good job, Mama. Yeah. She's very thoughtful, that Gita Baldwin. She is. Good lady. Um, My worst gift, it's not a Christmas gift, but it's a holiday it's a Valentine's Day gift Uh-oh. from a boyfriend in college. And boyfriends was, in college? What's wrong with you? They're just dipshits. You idiots. They know nothing. So for Valentine's Day, he got me two gift certificates to Jamba Juice. <laughs> Separate? Separate. So two <laughs> gift certificates to Jamba Juice. I forget if it was like two $5 gift cards. I'm not entirely... And bear, I was not a Jamba Juice drinker at the time. Like, it's not like I always had a Jamba Juice in my hand. Why were they two? I don't know. <laughs> I wonder if like did they, he get them free from something and just give them? That's to you? what I'm wondering. I feel like he was either in line at the Jamba Juice and was like, "Oh shit, it's Valentine's Day. I have nowhere else to go to procure a gift, so I'm just gonna get tell the cashier to give me two gift cards." Or it was like in his wallet. He was like, well, I've got two gift cards." Yeah, maybe they were doing a promo where for a while where it was like, "You buy a smoothie and you get a free gift card," and he just saved them. Yeah, or he just bought himself two smoothies and he was like, yeah, I got my girlfriend two gift cards. <laughs> because it wasn't like, it wasn't a bad gift. Like, Do you still have them? I don't, I don't feel them. like I I'm spent them. I, it was so baffling. That's, it was, and that's all the gift was? All of the gift. And like, I'm not, I'm not really like a materialistic person. Like, I'm No, not, like, and I've always things. felt like Valentine's is kind of lame. But it was something a little weird of, oh, that's weird though. You were in line at the smoothie place, weren't you? Huh. My whole thing with mine was... So where did you get the case from the CD? Did you keep the Incubus CD for his own? I think he must have. I'm still thinking about that. Brian Eichley, if you're out there, I haven't talked to you since like 2001. Do you still have that Incubus CD? You need to let me know because this has been weighing on me for years. Uh, Lauren wants it. She thinks she's um, entitled (laughs) to that gift and needs it back. So uh, what's your best gift then? Uh, I think when I was a kiddo, I really wanted a lovebird. Like a little pet baby tiny parrot, lovebird. And I asked Santa for it, whatever, and I didn't get it. 
and then like my family went up to like a cabin for the weekends with like my extended family and my grandma got me the bird. So when I came home from our vacation, it was sitting in a cage in my living room and it had a little note from Santa saying I needed some extra time. It was so great. And then my aunt's dog killed the bird a little bit. What? Not immediately, but like six months later, a year later, my aunt's dog was just like, humph. It was really terrible and I really loved that bird. Um, so Merry Christmas. Uh, <laughs> that was a beautiful story turned sad. <laughs> yeah, the, the bird got tuberculosis and was just doing <laughs> That bird's coughing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Poor little guy. It's true, it's true. Oh, we never did a tweet length summary. Oh shit, we didn't. That was like a while ago. It was, we should go. I just want my tweet to be like hashtag a dollar eighty seven. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag wait until the day after Christmas when everything's on sale. Yeah. I mean, no offense there, Jim and Della, but if you had just waited a day, you could have gotten all of those things at 50% oh my gosh. off. I'm so mad at them right now. It was just so stupid. It was just so stupid. Mm. Uh, what's your question? Do you have a question? Is there anything of of great value to you that you would sell to get something for somebody else? Yeah, I don't, oh, oh, it's hard. I think I would, like, I have, I have a horse. I would sell, like, if we needed, like, money. Yeah. Like, for a home or, like, a. Yeah, but to buy a present. Or a trip to the Honduras to escape embezzlement charges. That's true. I would sell my horse. I don't, like, yeah, what's the thing that you value the most that somebody would, that you could run a risk of the gift of the Magi situation? For me, it is, it's similar, though. It's, like, a lot of, like family stuff. I feel like I have a few items that are um, family, you know, hand-me-downs or heirlooms or whatever you want to call them that are really personal. I feel like all like material stuff, I'm like, eh. Anything you could buy now? Yeah, like I could get rid of and it would be okay. It's like random things like that. Yeah, you're like, this means a lot Like to my me. stuff, Doug, I've had since I have a I was a baby. That would mean nothing to most people, but to me, like selling that would break my heart. Oh. Yeah, but, it's the saddest is these people like broke their hearts to give their loved ones something. Yeah. Oh. Why don't you just take her to a movie? Take her to a nice show. Or a Coney show. Island show. <laughs> I mean, because so now she'll fit right in. She can gander at those showgirls. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, there are so many references to this everywhere. Oh, yeah. Well, like, uh, first of all, Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Um, Emmett and his mom, like, have the same sort of situation. Well, it's one of those things where I hadn't read it before, but now that I have, I'm sure I'm going to notice this theme everywhere. Everywhere. In Simpsons, we discover there's not really a thing per se, but there is an episode called The Grift of the Magi. Yeah, and that's annoying, like, the, like the, um... The Gatsby episode, like the Great Fatsby, yeah. where it plays on the title but doesn't do anything to the story, uh, was annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are like a bajillion adaptations, starting in 1909, a movie called The Sacrifice, and then fast forward to a whole bunch of stuff. There's one uh, written in uh, Russian that translate to translates to "I'll not be a gangster, love." Is what the title of that movie is in Russian, uh, or USSR 1978. But then it's got Christmas Eve on Sesame Street has a gift of the Magi theme. I definitely must have seen that at some point mm-hmm. as a child. And Mickey's <laughs> Once Upon a Christmas in 1999. Okay. That's just so sad. 
Uh, I was like, I don't want to watch any of these when I'm a kid. No. Uh, and I don't need it extended into like a full length. It's a quick story. It's six pages. Okay. You know what I don't need it extended to? An off-Broadway musical. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Written by Mark St. Germain and Randy Quartz. <laughs> the play is regularly produced in schools and regional theaters. The fuck it is? That sounds fake. That sounds totally fake. I don't believe it. Because it should be a two-person show. It should be like the last sounds five like years. Sounds like Corky St. Clair. <laughs> We're doing Gift of the Magi, the musical, this holiday season, because we want to bum everyone out. <laughs> Um, but then there was a Honeymooners episode based on it, and a Rugrats episode based on Jeez. it, where Phil and Lil don't know what to get each other, so Angelica fucks everything up. Um, as per usual. As per usual. Uh, the Squirrel Nut Zippers wrote a song called Gift of the Magi. Yes, which is, is you know, if you don't want to read it, just listen to that song. Yeah, if you like Squirrel Nuts and or Zippers. If you like some jazz. <laughs> if you want a jazzy explanation to this bummer of a story. Look that up. Look that up. It's available on YouTube. <laughs> like I said, if you like some jazz, it just trailed off. If you like some jazz. <laughs> anyway. Um, the one I didn't watch, the watch tonight that wasn't very funny, it was a show called Studio C. Contains a skit called Awkward Gift Swap. And I was like, that's not funny. I didn't Studio enjoy it. Studio C. I don't know what it is. They're probably listeners and they hate me right now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just didn't enjoy your sketch. I will it- watch more of your work. <laughs> oh. My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. Had an episode based on this? Not Friendship is Magi? N- no. However, they did call it the gift of the Mod Pie. Because I quit. Piggy Pie and Mod. I'm taking my headphones off. I'm out of here. She just stormed out. She just stormed out. <laughs> Robot Chicken had a sketch, which is funny. Oh, that's good. Yeah, we should find that one. Except Jim does not sell his watch, and instead he buys her lingerie. Fabulous. Yeah. Joni Mitchell wrote and performed... But never recorded a song based on the story. Oh, now that I would like to hear because it's Joni. Because it's Joni Mitchell. And also because that's Emma Thompson gets a Joni Mitchell CD in Love Actually. Aww. Why do you hate Love Actually like Jenna? I'm sorry. I'm so mad at I you. I was guys hoping right this now. would never come no, up. No, it's up. It's up right now. <laughs> you have, yeah. Um, I, I just don't, I don't like it. View, viewers, viewers of this podcast, people who watch I this know, podcast. You guys, this is my greatest holiday shame every year is all the shit I catch for not liking Love Actually. I can't believe I've managed to hide it from you for this long. Emma Thompson makes her kid a lobster fucking costume. Ev- Emma Thompson's Emma a delight. I've got no beef with Emma Thompson. She's, she's uh, great. You guys. You also know of my intense dislike for Kira Knightley. That's uh, a big part of but it. But she's barely in it. Yeah, maybe I mean, I, I haven't, I will admit that I haven't watched it now in probably like 10 years. Okay. So Grant, maybe. You might be able to stomach it. If you get me like. <laughs> intoxicated enough, I'll watch it again. Uh, I just got a whole bunch of painkillers. <laughs> oh, sweet. sweet. I'm down. There we Done. go. That works. Just kidding. The opioid crisis is real. <laughs> don't take I would never do that recreationally. Don't do I on- only take what your doctor has prescribed to you. While watching Love Actually. Thank you. Uh, there was, I really want to try to find this, and I couldn't, a 1988 SNL sketch starring Phil Hartman and Jan Hooks. It already sounds perfect. Doesn't it? As the fucking Trumps. Donald and Ivana. Remember her? Yeah. God. And it basically, it was the gist of it was like they each bought each other some ship, or they sold their yacht and they sold Mar-a-Lago in order to give the other each other some I ship. I wish we could have we could find that. I know. I gotta dig a little harder. Yeah, we gotta find that somewhere. That's gotta be somewhere deep oh, on the internet. Oh yeah. Phil Hartman is a fucking. Phil Hartman genius. and Jan Hooks together too were always a perfection. plus plus. She's amazing. Well, I mean. I don't know what more you can say about a six-page story. I don't either. I mean... But O. Henry was 
fascinating character. Yeah, what did we learn from this? What are the lessons? What are the life lessons? We're I mean, to be I learned with? the lesson. I just don't like it. What's your lesson? What did you learn? <laughs> that like part of what giving is, is sacrificing part of yourself to give to another person. Mwah, mwah, mwah. I learned you shouldn't buy gifts. Yeah. I don't think the ending of this is heartwarming. I don't think it's heartwarming at all. I feel like it wants to be, and mm -hmm. I just don't feel that way. No. Yeah. Mm. Message not received. Message not received. Y'all would have been better off with A, penny candy, or B, just nothing at all. Or what if they put that $1.87 in the savings account with an interest rate and let it accumulate? Right. And then, then that's invested. the gift that keeps on giving. Mm -hmm. I feel like she was doing what the Acorns app does. She was like <laughs> taking a little money off of each purchase to save <gasps> that's up. That's the gift card that keeps on giving. It's the gift card that keeps on yeah, giving. Yeah, if, if they were living in a time when gift cards had been invented, this wouldn't have been an issue. No. She would have given them a gift card to the watch chain store and he'd be like, here's a gift card to the hair comb store. True, they still wouldn't have had their things. No. Mm. But do you think a dollar eighty-seven can get you much Jamba Juice? I think it can get me a added a wheatgrass wheat shot. Yep. <laughs> that sounds that sounds solid. <clears throat> oh, uh, excuse me. Uh, well, we're gonna move away from consumerism and just head into good old-fashioned hauntings next week. Full-blown holiday classic. Next couple weeks. Sometime. Sometime. Uh, so yeah, Christmas Carol is a novella. It's not even very long. And you guys think you know the fucking story, but you do not. By a Mr. Charles Dickens. Mr. Charles Dickens. And if you feel like seeing it on stage, go to the Denver Center because it is currently running. Or Town Hall Art Center. Or Miner's Alley Playhouse. Or, or basically every Colorado theater Springs. ever. Every theater has a Christmas Carol going on right now. So yes. we'll talk more about fucking adaptations of yeah. that when we were talking about that book. But Can we please talk about Mickey's Christmas Carol? Because... Um, we should watch Mickey's Christmas Carol. Let's just do that. Yeah. Let's face facts. We're not going to talk about the book. We're we're just going to talk about Mickey's Christmas Great. Carol. Our next book we're doing is Mickey's Christmas Carol. <laughs> um, please pick up the Disney <laughs> picture book edition, and we will be good to go for our next episode. Uh, anything else we got to talk about? we got to talk about the Atticus Finch. Oh, right, right, right. So this is a little addendum to, you know, like whatever we call this. New information about previous episodes. That's what it a is. A much catchier title than that. I'm uh, that. It's no secret that To Kill a Mockingbird is one of our most favorites. Um, and opening in December... Pretty soon um, is going to be the new Broadway adaptation of it written by Aaron Sorkin. And there's this really fantastic article that he wrote that I just read in the New York Times about his journey with rewriting a classic story, what it's like to write something that, you know, a lot of the values of the 1960s are not what they are now, but you want to stay true to the story mm -hmm. and, um, and how it came to be that there are adults playing the kids. That's really, I'm really excited to read it. So it's a very fascinating article, and I definitely recommend it. Because Aaron Sorkin and To Kill a Mockingbird, come on. Best dialogue ever. Yeah, I'm so, I wish I could go see it. Mm -hmm. I was coaching a kid today, and he was like, oh yeah, I played Dill in To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, like, little Dill. Dill's my favorite. Yeah. So of course I know, I really wish I could see it. Well, Looks like it's going to be outstanding. Well, so yeah, we'll be, so catch up on some uh, old things that we've talked about. Well, you know what we never said, and this is so belated, is uh, we got these cool cross stitches this summer. Oh my gosh, we, we never talked about that? We didn't talk about that in Lord of the Flies. 
We did it? We did it. How did we miss talking about our very favorite fan art? It was amazing. Our, our friend Jody from uh, Cedar Ugh. City, Utah. Jody, you're a gem. Jody, you're amazing. And the I'm sorry it took us three episodes to say thank you. The key to our hearts is fan art. And she made us little cross stitches, and they're amazing, and they stay, stay gold, Lauren, and stay gold, Jessica. Oh, and you can see them on our Instagrams. They have little so nice. tiny bookshelves. And little tiny bookshelves. And I love yeah. it. Yeah. Aww. So thank you, yes, very much. Yeah. That was the sweetest. And mine is um, on the wall right next to my bedside table, which is where I keep all of my books. That's classy as fuck. Yay. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, well, cool. Uh, I guess, uh, I guess, <coughs> stay gold, Della. Stay gold, Athol. <laughs> stay gold, O. Stay gold, Sydney, now spelled with a Y. <laughs> oh, shit. Stay gold, Lauren. Stay gold, Jessica. Thank you for listening to Required Readcast. If you enjoyed the show, head over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave us a rating and or review. We're also available on Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at REQ Readcast. Required Readcast is produced by Sexpot Comedy. Theme music and lyrics by Max McEwen and Noah Evan Wilson. Vocals by Aaron C. Willis. Stay gold, bookworms! This has been a Sex Pot Comedy Joint. Collaborative, community-driven comedy produced by Andy Jewett and Kayvon Kalitvari. Headquartered in Denver, Colorado, with technical support from Isaac Miller. Every day at sexpotcomedy.com or at a show near you. Until next time, be well, friends.